This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Today, I am talking with Dr. Karitko. Dr. Karitko is a licensed psychologist in private practice in Wellesley, Massachusetts, providing care for a wide range of parents with expertise in the treatment of trauma, eating disorders, substance use disorders, and co-occurring issues. Dr. Karitko has been active in the eating disorder professional community in the Boston area and loves to support those dealing with major life struggles. She is a wife and a new mother to a beautiful 22-month-old daughter. In today's episode, we discuss our views on the Little Tykes stationary bike and how it may affect body image or the way that children view exercise, things to look out for as our children get older when it comes to body image and self-esteem, things that we can chat with our kids about when it comes to body image, and much more. I also just wanted to add that this episode touches base on a lot of different topics that are really important, and we basically just graze the surface on many of these things I would love to go more in depth about with Dr. Karitko. So if there is a topic in particular that you would love to discuss, whether it's diet culture or body image, self-esteem, anything like that, please get in touch with me and I will definitely have her back on the podcast. Enjoy. Just a little disclaimer before we start this episode, this podcast does not provide medical advice. The information on this podcast is for informational purposes only. No material on this site is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All right, Dr. Karitko, we're so excited to have you on today, and we are going to talk about some really interesting things that I'm excited to talk about tonight. Great. I got really excited when you sent me over your email and you sent me over, I don't know, I think it was like six topics that we could possibly talk about. And the first one was about this uh, new stationary bike by Little Tykes. And I had talked about it over in my stories and it kind of enraged me. And, you know, it's it has like a holder for an iPad so you could go ahead and put whatever you'd like on there, whether it be YouTube or what have you. And then you can pedal alongside your parent while they're exercising. And it became somewhat of a fueled topic, which I didn't expect. <laughs> As we were kind of talking about before we started, I was kind of surprised by that. But I am so interested to hear some of your thoughts about this particular toy when it comes to a child's perception of their body and what they view as exercise and just kind of all your thoughts. So I don't know where you want to start, but I would love to start by just talking about this particular toy. Oh, yes, absolutely. So I, I've i worked in the eating disorder uh, world for the last five years in my private practice. And I have a small child who is a girl at this point. And seeing that toy come out this holiday season, I was beside myself uh, personally and professionally and so concerned about the idea of a toy company marketing exercise equipment to small children. It's just so blatantly inappropriate on so many levels. 
The interesting thing too about that week that I think you had posted it, I believe that was either the week of or the week after the Facebook Instagram papers came out that started to show how significantly social media apps are impacting body image, self-esteem, particularly in young girls, however, also boys as well. They're just as affected. So it was like this very large um, congregation of such problematic, I don't know, marketing and media coming to fruition. And it really does beg the question as parents and as consumers and as just people, you know, in the country, what is what are the messages that are being sent to us? How are they being either very directly or more implicitly um, sort of given to us? And how Mm -hmm. are they really affecting how we feel about ourselves when we're giving a child, let's just say the stationary bike at this point as a toy? I just wonder what's the message around what does play mean anymore at that point, let alone you know, why are we exercising? What's the point of it? Is it really fun? I'm not so sure. I think that requires much more of a conversation on the part of the parent with their child. And I just think we're kind of in this moment where we have an opportunity to start really thinking, what are these influences really kind of having on us, our children? And how do we kind of stop and really start questioning them maybe? So I guess what I was thinking when I saw this this bike, and originally I saw it and I was like, hmm, I guess I just sat there and I was like, hmm, like what, what was this company thinking when they said, let's market this? Okay, I, I know what they're thinking. They're thinking the Peloton bike is really popular this year, especially with COVID, everybody's staying at home, everybody's buying a bike, right? So they wanted to appeal to a very large audience that is staying at home and exercising and have small children. I mean, that's their goal is to make the most amount of money. And so that, you know, would all make sense. It's just that from the child's point of view here, I just, I'm, I'm so confused because as I told you, so I didn't expect that some people would be so polarized on the topic, but I did have a lot of people telling me, you know, well, it's just like exercising outdoors with their regular bike. And I just, it kind of, part of me kind of crumbled because I was like, no, but when they're outside on their bike, they're like doing it for play and having fun and biking to a friend's house and biking around the neighborhood. And and doing all kinds of things like this is not sitting in place next to you doing a true exercise that I guess it would be really confusing. First of all, I don't even think my kid would ever do that. <laughs> like I think to myself, would my kid ever sit on that bike for more than two minutes? I mean, I, I guess if you put an iPad in front of them, but then that that starts a whole other type of right. conversation. They might hang out there if you have an iPad in front of them, exactly. but I still don't even think it would last that long. And so it's just, you know, like you said, just like what, what are we teaching and engaging our kids when we, you know, give them a, a toy such as this? And how does that, you know, affect the way, you know, their body image as they grow older, you know, having this type of a toy? And You've seen a couple of other things similar to this too, haven't you? Toys similar to that? Similar toys to this? Mm, This was the one that was like, was really the most shocking. I think that we've been sliding towards something like this for a long time. You know, we hear like, you know, these various companies have been trying to figure out how to target younger and younger children. And so I on one hand, I feel like I could have been prepared that something like this would eventually happen. I was not at all emotionally prepared to see the fact that this came out this year. You had posted the vlogging kit, like wooden toy set, you know, but I don't think I'd seen anything quite in my mind this this problematic. Right. So for those listening, if you hadn't heard, seen the, the vlogging toy. It was, it's just like this wooden like tripod stand and it has like a, a holder for like a cell phone type thing, which I mean, 
I think it had a holder for a cell phone. I hope I'm not making that up. Let me just, but then it had like a ring light, you know, like the type of lights you would use to like make your skin look glowy for like a, a makeup tutorial or something. And I mean, this toy is being marketed to, I mean, I would guess like toddler, young girl age, you know, like this right. is not a toy for teens. <laughs> this is no, like right, right, right. a wooden toy. And, and that's a great, like I had t- said to you earlier, Sarah, like I love that company and I think they make great toys for kids. And I was really surprised to see that because I, I don't understand what the goal is when we start adding things like that to our children's toys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something about right, like we going out and exploring photog, like with photography, with like a little camera. That feels still very much like you know engaging with the environment and kind of going with it. This idea of a tripod looking back at you with your ring light that that messaging to a small child, I just you wonder what that would sort of do related to how do we relate to ourselves? How do we relate to the world around us if this is the toy we're playing with? Right. And then you add in, so now you're starting to add in these, you know, these toys for, for children that are, you know, younger and younger. And as they grow, you know, I, I mean, I don't know exactly how old children are when they ask for phones. I'm hearing eight, nine, ten, which seems crazy to me, but that seems to be the age where kids start asking uh, whether or not they get one. You know, I think that's obviously depends on each parent, but the second you introduce social media, it's, I mean, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about, you know, what we can do as far as teaching our children about body image and boosting their self-esteem. I feel like I read somewhere that a child's self-esteem is most affected when they're really young. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. When they're really young, right? Very, very young. It's the way in which parents help model, right? How the the way the the parent talks to the child essentially helps them understand who they are in the world. So parents who are invalidating, who don't allow a child to sort of speak their mind, be curious, you know, kind of shuts them down, that starts to impact uh, self-esteem quite early. They're subtle, you know, you're not telling a baby or a toddler you can't use your voice, really. It's more in like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. They might start talking. No, that's wrong. That's not right. Right. It's rather than kind of allowing them to to just kind of explore and do different things. And this is not in the way of setting rules to keep them safe. This is more in the way of, can I sort of share with you, my parent, what I think about the world or what I think about myself or if I'm curious, right? Are you going to sort of allow me to kind of explore that So all of that starts to set the stage pre-verbally and just continues on as as a child grows. So in your experience, do you see children of of all ages or is it more younger, older? I work with 18 and older. I work with an adult, though, uh, often looking back to much younger years, trying to kind of reconstruct where did you build this idea of yourself? You know, how might we understand these things? So if you could tell us maybe a few things that, you know, those of us that have children that are really any any age, especially Mm -hmm. in the younger years, I guess we could say. What is it that you think is some of the most important things that we could be instilling in our children when it comes to, you know, body image and self-esteem and making sure that, you know, they grow with a, a stable foundation? I think that this is a really awesome opportunity for anyone listening to really check in with themselves around what is their relationship with food? What is their relationship with their body? their weight, their sense of self-esteem? Do they often maybe um, look in the mirror and say, oh gosh, I really need to lose 10 pounds? 
say things like, you know, we just had a holiday, I was so bad. Now I have to start eating, you know, salads and working out to make up for it. Or is there a constant discussion around calories and having too many? And so I need to now make up for it with exercise or by, you know, um, restricting in some way. Often, what is actually most important is the parent's relationship with themselves. And so if this is an opportunity to kind of sit and think like, gosh, I really do engage in a lot of talk that is quite detrimental to myself. I don't really like my body. We can get into this idea of why I think that we know we have a diet kind of culture industry that is pumping millions and millions, if not billions of dollars every year into this machine that sort of is telling us you should not be happy with yourself. You should work out more. You should eat less. You should buy this supplement. You should do these things. And it has truly infected our culture in a lot of ways. Just as an example, the National Eating Disorder Association, I believe it was them, had been doing research along the way. And about five years ago, we were seeing that little girls as young as eight were reporting that they hated their bodies. They wanted to lose weight. Recent research has... Yes, recent research is showing. Yeah, right. But the sad thing is, is that recent research just a few years later is showing more like five years old now. What? Little girls are, are, you know, and boys too, but I think it hits girls a little bit quicker. If mom relates to their friends by talking about how much, you know, everybody needs to lose weight or they hate this, that, or whatever about themselves. These are what this is what we're modeling to our young kids. It's not okay to like ourselves. We don't like ourselves. Maybe we shouldn't. And it it is happening younger and younger that very small children will start to say, "Oh, I can't have cake. I can't have this. I need to lose weight. So and so is smaller than me. I want to look like them." And it really is getting younger and younger. So it's one of these things that Part of my message is really how can we be aware that this is something that is going on on a societal level? Eating disorders are things that are not understood well by people. It's kind of thought to be a very extreme sort of illness. But when we do talk about body image and like positive or more problematic body image ideas or our own relationships to food and our bodies, I think we can see that we probably notice there are a lot more problems that people are having with this than than we may have really thought about in the you know before what do you what do you personally think has contributed to that like age drop in in children i mean i know you had mentioned that you know more you know i'm sure it's like more wellness supplements i mean the wellness industry is like quite literally booming and i've talked about that quite a few times and you know, I, I'm I'm sure that women have always somewhat talked about these things in front of their kids. I don't think that's necessarily new, but what do you what do you think's happened? Like, you know, over the past couple of years, that's different than it was before. I don't know for sure, but what I will say is, I I think that the pressures from I don't know if it's social media. I'm not sure if it's like, honestly, also to content and cartoons, look at the dolls that have been coming out in the last like 10 years. Everybody thought Barbie was like atrocious back in the 60s or whatever it was. Mm. And now we have dolls that are, I don't know, like cartoonish slash real looking. So I'm not I don't know, but it, it just does seem to be like converging more and more. Exactly what is doing it, I wish we could pinpoint it a little bit better. But again, like children are not my specialty. So Mm -hmm. I'm not 100% certain. I mean, I'm always going to just point it back to social media. (laughs) I am more inclined (laughs) to do that myself. And then I wonder, is that too easy? (laughs) As you had mentioned, I think this was before we hopped on, but, you know, we had mentioned that, you know, the Facebook papers coming out and how we're learning more and more. I mean, I say we're learning more and more, but it's nothing that we didn't already know. I mean, I, like it's we we sit here and think like we're getting 
we're getting new information. Like we always knew that social mm-hmm. media was toxic, especially, I mean, it's toxic for adults. Of course, it's going to be toxic to a teenager who's going through significant amounts of change in their life, hormone surges, and doesn't know how to control all of that. You know, that's yeah. going to be extremely detrimental. I mean, I can't imagine not being invited to a big party and then having to face those repercussions on social media. I would be in my closet, you know, so none of that was really surprising. But you have to think, I mean, I can't imagine, I mean, even being in this like, quote, influencer world, end quote, over the past, you know, however many years, I started my blog 13 years ago, but I didn't have, you know, uh, Instagram until I was like one of the last ones, because honestly, I was like, I don't know, it's just like another thing. I don't really want to do it. Yeah, ended up hopping on. But Even I, who, I mean, I like to think I have a pretty good handle on, you know, my body image and self-esteem and things like that. And even I got really wrapped up in, okay, okay, if I post a picture like this, it's going to get more likes. If I do, it is a toxic, crazy way of thinking. And if you think that it won't happen to you, you are wrong. Like it will get everybody. The apps are just made to be addictive. That's the way they are. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I thought that picture was going to do so well. It didn't get any likes. It's all part of the game. Like these apps purposely decrease your likes on some of the pictures because they want you to make it, they make it like you're playing the slot machine. You win sometimes, you lose sometimes, you come back for more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all that to say, (laughs) I I just want to point my finger back there because I feel like that is the root and cause of, of so many of these different things over the past couple of years. But, you know, I'm sure it's a multitude of things, but. What was my next? Oh, I wanted to ask you as a parent, what should I be looking for in my child as, you know, as they're growing, they're growing into their, you know, teenage years. What can I be looking for as far as, you know, eating disorder and body image issues? Like what are some red flags to look out for? Mm-hmm. And how do I intervene if I'm that parent and I think I see a red flag? If a younger person or child uh, begins to say things kind of like what I have said, you know, I can't eat that. I am not supposed to have. That is a real red flag. I'm not supposed to have ice cream. I'm not supposed to eat pasta, whatever, whatever you just kind of input, Mm -hmm. which we all know what these good and bad foods are. Because again, we're all aware we've been getting these messages most of our life if we are of certain ages, these types of things are an opportunity to really sort of stop and, and have a discussion with your child to say, what do you mean? You know, you aren't allowed to have that type of food or you shouldn't have whatever it is, you know, the cake, you know, what is it that you have been hearing? You know, if some, if a kid is saying we need to like diet and we need to do this, meaning one of their friends, you know, that's an opportunity for a parent to sort of say, well, so-and-so might kind of talk that way, but let's talk about how maybe our family has their relationship with food. How do we think Mm -hmm. about the idea of exercise? What do we want it to look like in our life? You know, cake is for celebrating. Is that a bad thing? Right? You know, is, can mm-hmm. we kind of capture the joy a little bit? Again, food is neither good or bad. It is sitting there. It's our projection that we put onto it. That is the problem. So it's, I would say like most of my ideas towards probably most of these questions is it's really an opportunity for us as parents to sit and think, how are we going to guide our children through these really toxic image, you know, uh, messaging that is coming in? It's not so dissimilar to the idea of, I don't know, Johnny down the street has like a, a huge bike or I don't, what are, I don't know what kids are, are really, they want, you know, the, the, the best computer, whatever. Mm-hmm. We have to figure out how we're going to sort of talk with our kids about material items as well. And I, I think that talking about food and our bodies is just another opportunity to figure out how do we really want to start to model, you know, just more healthy sort of opportunities for our kids. Yeah. So I know you had mentioned this earlier, but what if you find yourself as one of those parents, like someone who's listening, that's thinking mm-hmm. to themselves like, oh, okay, I'm I'm definitely one of those people that, 
you know, doesn't have the best relationship with my body or, you know, I exercise, but I don't do it in a healthy way. What would be your advice for them? Don't ignore it. Don't think this is just normal and this is just the way things should be because we are inundated with the messages that say you should do these things. You should work out to excess. You should not eat enough. You should try to stay the same size that you were in high school as you age. None of these things are normal. And it does go hand in hand with really negative self-talk, which Mm -hmm. is really important, I think, to also just kind of take a moment to check in with oneself and think, do I often think positively about myself? Or am I really harsh and critical about myself? That may lead to issues with, you know, eating exercise body image. It also could lead to problematic, you know, depression and anxieties. So my Mm -hmm. whole idea is don't let these things just sort of go to the wayside. If you have an issue, seek some support for it. And if it does end up in the realm of a kind of a body image problem, eating exercise uh, components, it's a it's a really good idea to look for an eating disorder specialist, just to make sure that you're able to really target those more specialized uh, conversations. Now, are, I had spoke with a psychologist early, early on with a different podcast mm-hmm. episode. And one of her favorite resources was psychology today. Is that one that you would recommend as well. Yeah. I've, I have personally yeah. found that helpful. That's actually how I found my therapist that I was going to say was because I just haven't had the time, but mm-hmm. plan on going mm-hmm. back probably after the holidays when there's more time. But um, so for those listening, really with any issue, not just what we're talking about here, it's just a really great yes. resource because as you go through, you can just put, you know, your location and then you can also even put I want my insurance to try to cover this, or I'd like to speak with someone who's female or male. Um, You can pick all those different things and it fields everything for you. So I thought that was really pretty cool. It was a really easy way to find somebody. Yeah, it's a very effective site. I would say, depending on where you live, there are going to be other resources in like, so in Boston, New York, in Chicago, a couple other places, there's another website called uh, zencare.com. That's a newer therapist directory. But Psychology Today has been around for so long that it's Mm -hmm. like everybody is on it. You get a very wide array of providers. There could be region-specific other options. If we're talking about eating disorder-specific specialty people, there's the National Eating Disorder Association and some other national directories in the Massachusetts area. We have the Multidisciplinary Eating Disorder Association here in the Boston area called Meta. They have their own directory. So there might be a little bit of digging you have to do. But Psychology Today, as I said, you can, I'm, I am fairly certain, I haven't looked in a while, but I'm pretty sure you can say I would like help with eating issues. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right. So I think we could probably jump into a few questions that were submitted by the community. If you don't have anything else you want to add, what do you think? No, I think that sounds great. Okay, perfect. Here we go. Oh, okay. Here we go. Right off the top. Look, this is perfect. Uh Okay. So (laughs) what is so harmful in kids just copying their parents? No talk of weight or health, just copying. This is, I'm sure this is in reference to the bike, the little tyke's bike. So no talk of weight So loss. just buying this little tyke's bike, I, I'm assuming uh-huh. that, uh, kind of what she, I'm just kind of like interpreting it. Buying the little tyke's bike, putting it next to you while you bike. She's saying what's so harmful about it if I don't talk about weight or health. 
and just allow my child to copy me. Hmm. I wonder why one would go about that in the first place. Why wouldn't we talk with our child about what it is that we've gotten them? Right. Right. So that's an interesting sort of like, I don't know, like vacuum of an experience to sort of be talking about. You kind of just set the thing up and you let them free play. I don't know, because I wonder what types of reinforcements then are going to be going on? Are we doing high intensity workouts together? And so this is what's going on. Or are we kind of just leisurely biking together, but not talking about it? I, I would hope there would be conversations no matter what this is fun. You know, I don't know. Right. And not even, even if you chose as the parent not to say, okay, this is for you to exercise while I exercise. Right. They're going to, I, I would assume uh, in many cases that the child would, would start asking questions or, or talking about the, the toy that they were using, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, mom, I'm exercising like you. Okay. So then what's your response? If you if your right. plan was not to talk about weight or health, what's your response to that? Right. 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 Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just a really tough thing. And I can't imagine thinking back to, you know, being age five or six and being given a stationary bike that had an iPad holder, which in order to keep the child in the bike, you're going to have to put an iPad in there. They're not going to stay there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're going to be so bored. There is nothing more boring than a stationary bike. They're, yeah. they're truly, I mean, it is boring and they're not going to sit there for more than five seconds. So there will be an iPad in there. That in and of itself. So now we're just introducing a, a screen, which, yeah. you know, we won't go into depth on that, but that's just adding something to, you know, entertain your child while you're trying to exercise. But yeah, it's, it's, it's it was an interesting question. Okay. Let's see here. Is it a bad idea to allow older children to use the real Peloton? I guess we really get into this idea of, right, the Peloton and any of these things, we could even say these toys, they're not like bad. They're not pro- like they are not bad in and of themselves. It's just like cake. That is a innocuous object. It's what we sort of bring to it. So why is a teen doing something like a Peloton workout? Why, if they're interested in working out and sort of moving their body, why aren't they just sort of playing a sport, going yeah. outside, doing an fun. activity? Yes, that holds a, a sort of substance for them of, of just, you know, either interaction with other kids or peers. You know, it, it, it really does start to beg the question, adults really need to use these different devices for fitness needs because of very different metabolic needs as one ages. And I just mm-hmm. wonder, do, do younger children, do teens really need these activities? Sometimes, you know, it could be indicated that a person uses a bike for like a leg or some sort of injury healing. But again, that would be recommended by like a a physical therapist. So Mm -hmm. I don't know, you'd wonder under what circumstances these things would be used. Yeah. So when I had posted about this little Tykes bike, I had a very few amount of people that had told me, you know, I have a child with like severe ADHD or some other, you know, developmental disability. Mm -hmm. And, you know, getting this bike was the only way they could learn letters because they would be biking to get out their energy, but then they'd be on their iPad learning letters. And this was the only way they could learn. So that was like some of the feedback I had gotten. Mm. And I don't know enough to kind of dismantle that and speak to it. (laughs) I do know that screens for, for children that have ADHD are a significant trigger for increased behavior that might not be what you want. But right. I don't know. Yeah, that's all I know from that standpoint. So I don't know if in some certain very few cases, the bike might be like something that would be really like a positive experience. I would always sort of say like um, there are professionals in each of those domains, whether it be ADHD, whether it be something about like physical kind of like calming down on something like a bike for say a kid on the spectrum, 
like the repetitive nature of bike, mm-hmm. you know, bicycling yeah. and then being able to kind of do something. There would be research behind these ideas. And I, I don't know what that is. As far as just, again, throwing it out into the general population of children, this is not going to be harmful for 100% of the population. But right, there can be these places where if a child is predisposed to, you know, being unhappy with themselves, and then this could really just be an opportunity to kind of spark problematic sorts of thinking. And then Mm -hmm. we get into the idea of joyful play and play learning. And yeah, as you say, okay, if it's sitting there, really a kid probably is going to look at it and then run off in a couple of minutes. They're not going to stay doing it in a sustained fashion. So it's just one of these things to be aware of, you know, rather than it looks like a Peloton, this is a fun thing we can do together. If that is the way that's discussed with your young child and they can kind of, you know, this is what you're modeling this may not be much of an issue. But if it's sort of given to them, and there is a lot of talk in the household around not eating bread, and we have to work out and you know, we we really don't like our bodies, and we kind of have to augment them. This is going to pose a much more serious sort of issue, I would say for that child. Mm -hmm. So, okay, this is like kind of a longer question, but mm-hmm. I think it's kind of important. So my husband and his side of the family eat unhealthy and therefore are overweight. How can I impress healthy eating habits on my two-year-old? So far, he eats healthy, but he's a big kid and I don't want him to be unhealthy. So healthy and well are often code words for thin is good. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's kind of what we're talking about. And this is another way in which we see how diet culture has infected all the ways in which we talk. If your Mm -hmm. child is a larger child, unless your pediatrician says this is a problem, I would sort of say continue to talk with your child about having a well-balanced diet. Cook that for them. You know, introduce them to the idea that, Again, it is wonderful to eat broccoli and it is great to eat cake. And this idea of moderating well-balanced diets is really the idea in general. If you're following that, just because other family members eat unhealthily, which I'm not sure exactly what that means. Right. Like what is unhealthy? Yeah, I don't know what we're I don't know what we're meaning by that exactly in that question. Right. And I guess it's tough too, because it like, she's inferring that because they're overweight, they, un- they eat unhealthy and they eat unhealthy and they're overweight. Like it's just, it's kind of like, an, an, right. yeah, but it could just be a multitude of things. <laughs> Are there any positives to the bike? <laughs> oh, well, you know, just it's said. just like, it's just like any other bike, like any other uh, form of toy, again, most likely, children are going to kind of bounce from one thing to another to another, I Mm -hmm. would be much more kind of what you've been hitting on this idea of we put the iPad on and they do the workout from YouTube, and they sit and this is what they do. I don't know, I start to get into we're now having these kind of like multiple variables impacting our child, right? They're playing on it. And they're having a great time. And it's sort of something we do together. And they look joyful. That is definitely one thing. This is kind of what I'm saying about these things are innocuous. It's what we sort of put on to them that we have to at least think about a bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know, I have absolutely no background. And (laughs) in you know psychology or anything like that but just from my personal like opinion is just i'm sure that there are are a few children that would benefit you know in some way from the bike you know whether whatever it is but i mm-hmm. feel like that you know like the pros would never outweigh the cons for for the majority of kids you know because the only way i, I feel like you got to ditch the ipad but then what do you do with it because like we said, like it's like I don't think they're going to stay on it. But then I guess you could put it next to you, and I guess they could pretend they're doing what you're doing while they're watching this person on the on the screen. But then it's like they actually truly are just doing an indoor workout, which is like like to me would be so strange to have like my five year old like doing the same workout as me, 
then mm-hmm. like, how do you address that? Like, because they don't need to be working out. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. I guess I, I personally get like confused about it because I'm like, I don't, I don't want my children to have to, to have to think they need to work out. And then, you know, I guess the, the counter argument to that, at least when I had brought this up was that, well, you know, you work out, so why can't they work out? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. And then that's like a whole nother can of worms because like our children should be playing as their workout. Like, like that's what they do all day. They're supposed to play and have fun with it and not, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, yeah, it gets, but, right, it gets it, a little this, muddy. This, this idea that kid, young children, because let, I mean, at least this particular, well, the toys we've talked about so far are marketed to like three to to seven year olds or something yeah. like that. Yeah, these are young children. Why are they working out? Why, like, are we are we putting them into aerobics classes? No, they go to dance and they go to swim, right? And they're just kind of learning about their bodies. They might be starting, you know, soccer or various other activities they they play with their friends hopefully at school and you know on weekends and things like that you might go to parks i just am myself confused like we as the parents should be just as active theoretically as well cuz we're running around after these children in a lot of these right. ways so i'm i'm still wondering why do why are we imagining we always have to have a workout as part of our day that goes back to the diet culture that we kind of started with. This is just a given in our schedule versus what if it was just part of our activity that we were kind of out and about each day, which could be harder after this last couple of years, but there's no reason not to think we can't sort of incorporate this in a really meaningful way into our lives every day. And it doesn't have to be a dedicated hour. Yeah, no, absolutely. Let's see here. I'm frustrated with BMI. Healthy bodies come in all sizes. Is there a better mm-hmm. indicator to use? I could not agree more with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The B- BMI, I feel like it's such an outdated. Yes, yes, yes. It, it, it mm-hmm. has been shown not to be useful. That does not mean that many medical professionals still don't use it and themselves engage in this idea that healthy equals thin equals good. Is there a better indicator? You know, uh, if you're wondering about that, really talking with a nutritionist about kind of, you know, food habits and what have have been the trends in your weight could be helpful because it really is more about how do you feel in your body? Do you feel sort of well? Do you feel like you move around in a way that feels good? Do you feel active and are you fueling your body with the with sort of enough food to sustain your activity? Mm-hmm. I don't know that we can quantify these things into numbers also. Maybe that's yeah. my answer. <laughs> it yeah, is yeah. not a better one. No, I our pediatrician's office still uses BMI, mm-hmm. which I'm like, what are we doing here? Like one of our kids, you know, she eats f- like fantastic, just like every food group, loves everything I ever cook. Like it's it's like the dream child because you feel like every time you cook, at least someone's eating, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we bring her and they're like, well, the BM, and I'm like, why are we talking about this? This is actually a discussion right now. Like I, I mean, it is quite infuriating and I'm, I'm not sure why we even bring it up <laughs> during some of these visits because and 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 we all know children they all grow totally different right like right, i right. i mean i was like i think i was my full height by 5th grade i was playing center for basketball and i was like it was great because i was so good because i was the tallest girl in my grade I like yeah. I was taller than all the boys. I was like this beanpole thing, really super awkward. And, <laughs> you know, and then I never grew another inch. And then I was like, you know, like kind of like middle of the road for the rest of my life. Right. But everybody kept everybody, growing and you sort of stayed. <laughs> <laughs> everybody grows so differently. My one of our kids, she was born, we called her like little roly pole. Like she had like all these like, oh my gosh, the most amazing little rolls all the way down her arm. I mean, she was just like the cutest baby. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. she now, 
she's like she's like me when I was in fifth grade, just like this like beanpole thing. And I'm like, I don't know, this is crazy. But kids just they just grow how they're going to grow. Right. And it's like we put them on this chart. And then we're like, well, 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 well. And we get parents so concerned. And then the next year, it's like, oh, look, we're, there they are, <laughs> you know? Right, right, um, right. Now, now it's okay. Yeah. Well, and I yeah. might sort of say, like, it's hard because a lot of the medical professionals are not actually at all well-trained in eating issues, in more appropriate discussions around weight in not body shaming people, the, the this is the way in which like, you know, healthy and needing to be thin, needing to not be overweight has just, it's been medicalized as well. And mm-hmm. I think that the trend that I'm aware of is nutritionists for a long time were sort of known to help you lose weight. They there's a whole wave in the last I'm not exactly sure, but I'll say like 10, 15 years attempting to let go of that very harmful, you know, idea of that profession. And so they have started to push the um, health at every size ideas, really talking about food, not as good and bad, you know, so they that field has really had this tidal wave trying to kind of move things in a different direction. I'm not sure that the medical profession, I don't know where that stands as far as a wave within it, but it's kind of starting and and doctors are looking for more help when it comes to how do I actually have conversations around food, around weight, these types of things. A really great podcast, actually, I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but um, really gets into debunking a lot of these things Mm. is called Maintenance Phase. Have you heard of that? Oh, I haven't. I think it's like an American maybe doctor Mm. and then a British doctor. I think I, I listened to it quite a while ago. But anyway, they talk about the different ways that different cultures look at these issues. And then they really go into that idea of oh, that's cool. a lot of things. Yeah. Food science babe is really good for, she just deep, she basically takes like these random uh, like TikTok videos or something that she basically just things that people send her. They're like, what is this? Like, and she'll just, you know, take it and then just do this whole spin on it and say, you know, like, this is garbage. And this is why, you know, like she, she talks a lot about like organic versus not organic and GMO versus non GMO things like that, which is really cool. Okay, so I'm going to ask you two questions that I ask all of my interviewees, which has nothing to do with what we talked about today. Yes. So the first question is, if you could give a new mom one piece of advice, what would it be? Trust your instincts and don't be afraid to be vulnerable and reach out for help when you need it to trusted people. I think if we could trust ourselves more, we would all be better off, let alone in those up to year plus and beyond, you know, uh, postpartum. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I remember thinking, I was like, I'm not prepared for this. I'm not going to know what to do. And I don't know, the second the baby gets here, you kind of just know what to do, you know? Yeah. It truly, the instinct truly does just kick in, you know, and no one knows your baby better than you. Right. And you are a fish out of water. So I think that's just kind of part of the deal. You'll find your footing along the way, but I do think trusting in ourselves is very helpful. But, you know, talking with other people, getting help, whether that be from friends, family members, or if you do need the support of, you know, a mental health uh, therapist, that could all be very necessary and helpful. Yes. Uh, The second question is, if you could cook one dinner for your whole family that everybody would eat that's quick and easy, what would it be? I actually, we made this tonight because I was like, I'm going to be on this podcast. I got to do this. So (laughs) it is just a very quick pasta. 
uh, dish that I'm actually quite blessed. My daughter, very much like the daughter that you were describing who eats everything. My daughter is Mm -hmm. really good with a lot of food and just really appreciates it. But a nice, quick, easy, it feeds everybody. It's great is a pasta dish with Italian sausage, you just sort of brown that up, it has to be crumbled, not in the, you know, sausage links. And then throw in spinach, it could be frozen, it could be fresh, whatever you sort of have your favorite, you know, red sauce, I, I actually make my own homemade. So that's what we use, but you could use a jarred, um, you know, anything that you like, or that you have in your pantry. You just cook it together, make sure it's well seasoned and it tastes good. And then you throw in some pasta and it is really great. If you want to get a little fancier, you could do, you know, canned in water artichokes. You throw that into the the sausage once it's kind of cooked up and it starts to pick up some of the flavor and crisp up a little bit. It's just great. Mm, That sounds really good. Yeah. (laughs) Very few ingredients. That sounds so good. I mean, I did a similar thing tonight where I was like, okay, well, husband's at work. So Mm. this needs to be quick and easy. And I always go for a few different things. But tonight we just did spaghetti. And we get these meatballs that are frozen from Costco that my kids are obsessed with. But I mean, dinner's ready in 15 minutes. And I get this... um, the veggie spaghetti, which they love it because it's different colors. So they're like, ooh, colored pasta. And that's the veggie in there. I do the veggie, the carbs, and the (laughs) protein. Yeah. But yeah, it's just so, it's so quick. But I'm going to have to try that one. I'm going to write that one down. I love that. I get so many good ideas from people that come on here. <laughs> I'm right. partly just well, this question for myself. So many people. Yeah. <laughs> You're a yes. like a cookbook. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Sarah, and just spending the time so and chatting with me. It was really a pleasure. Yes, this was great. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. All resources mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes on lindsayandco.com. To continue these important conversations, head over to Motherhood Meets Medicine on Instagram. Let me know what you learned from this episode and who you would love to hear from next. I always love getting feedback from you. If you're finding value in this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. This will help us to reach even more women from around the world. I'll catch you next week. Until then, don't forget to find some time to unplug, unwind, and have a little fun. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.